Welcome everyone to our next in the series of podcasts for Northumberland FA from the sidelines, um, a player's perspective. Uh, special guest um, today is Glenn Taylor, uh, who will discuss a player's perspective. Uh, many thanks, Glenn, for joining us uh, today. Uh, Glenn's currently playing for Spennymoor United in the National League North. Um, Glenn's has a reputation for being one of the best number nine strikers outside the EFL in the country. Uh, Glenn combine, combines his semi-professional football with a career as a PE teacher. Hi, Glenn. How's things and how have you been coping with uh, the restrictions over the past year? Thanks, guys. Thanks for the introduction. Um, yeah, great, mate. Um, it's obviously it's been tough, but as a as a young young dad, it's been it's been good for me to spend a lot of time with the kids. Um, obviously, I've still been working with the kind of the vulnerable kids that we have coming into our school, so it hasn't been too different really. I think the football's obviously taken a bit of a bit of a hit, and now obviously the season being null and void isn't ideal. But it's I suppose it's a case of getting uh, getting lots of work done in the off season now and looking forward to pre season and getting fit as possible. I'm getting obviously on now, so I think my fitness is even more important to to make sure I keep up with the young lads in the team and in the league. So. Yeah, it hasn't been hasn't been great, but um, I can't really complain. I'm being in a decent position. I should say, spending more time, by the way, Glenn. I did, I did yeah, that. <laughs> Where did that come from? Yeah. Uh, after many years of playing against them yourself, uh, how's it been from a football point of view over the last year? Then, um, a bit strange. Obviously, I think when we first heard about COVID, um, we played our last game against Hereford at home, and we won four nil and we didn't really think that would never play again until kind of October time. So that was kind of a, a long period without playing. Um, and then just kind of when we thought we were getting back to a bit of normality, um, obviously there's the, the rise in the cases and the deaths that obviously started again, another lockdown. And then obviously we played without testing. We played um, without fans, uh, which obviously was a, was a burden on the club financially. And I think we were promised grants and, it didn't kind of happen. They then suggested it should have been loans. So um, it's it's just been really strange and horrendous without the fans. To be honest, uh, I kind of thrive on being with with the fans, I guess. So um, I'm hoping now the vaccinations in place and things like that, we can we can look forward to pre-season and hopefully get play, get the fans back through the doors. Absolutely, Glenn. Absolutely. Um, can you just share with everyone? your um, playing history at, at senior level? Yeah, um, obviously start with yourself, guys, at West Allotment um, after a De Canio-esque volley in the schoolyard, which you got as noticed by yourself. Um, from there, I, th- I had I quite had quite a busy um, young period, I suppose, in my senior career. I went from West Allotment to Asherton again with yourself. Um, and then I think I went to North Shields on loan for a brief spell before the next season joining Whitley Bay. Um, I think I came back to Ashton for a pre-season before going to Blythe Spartans, which I had a year there. Um, a bad year for the club. We got relegated from the National League North or the Conference North at the time. Um, and then I'd, I'd done well that season though, so I, I suppose it was a little bit of a, a bit of a confidence boost for me, knowing I could do well in that kind of level, um, albeit that we got relegated as a club. Um, then I had a brief spell at Spennymoor, uh, and then I came back to Ashton with yourself again um, for a good three or four years, I believe. And then I think I've kind of found myself at a level where I was scoring 30 goals every year and 
the opportunity came to go back to Spennymore, which I never thought I would ever do again after the, the last kind of time there, but um, kind of took the plunge and obviously it's really paid off and I've been there for five years now, going on to my sixth for next season. So that's been my journey. And never look back no, really in your development. No, I I, um, I always remember meeting uh, Steve Harmison and Ian Skinner in the in a local pub just to discuss potentially going to leave to Spennymore. And I always remember a comment, I can't remember which one it was off, um, just saying that, do you really want to go and play like it was Spenny in the reserve team? <laughs> and uh, I, I kind of laugh about it now because obviously it's turned out that I've done pretty well actually in the last kind of five years, scoring over 100 goals for Spenny. Um, and, and obviously coming from a background of not the in professional football and kind of working my way up through in the Northern League, the Evo stick to where I am now, um, I feel really proud of what I've achieved actually. Um, and kind of, I feel like I fly the flag a bit for players in the Northern League that can still kind of make a name for themselves and, and do quite well. I know I'm obviously not playing professional football, but that's kind of my choice that I'm not doing that. Um, and uh, yeah, I feel like my development's been been massive, really. And I think the podcast tonight, from a player's perspective, we're looking at, at coaching, really, uh, coaching the grassroots game. Um, what was your experiences like at grassroots level as a as a young young player? Um, it's sort of that youth level up under sixteen. Yeah, well, my first experience, my first coach was Doug Thorborn. Um, and I, it, my memory of that was him just, <laughs> I don't know how important this is, but him looking like, look, look, he just looked like the best coach. Um, just the way he like presented himself. Like, I think he always had like the best Adidas uh, copper trainers on. Uh, just, he, he really looked the part. And I just, that, that really helped us like want to learn from him, listen, listen to what he had to say. Um, and then obviously that's when I went to Bedlington Juniors. Uh, and he was my coach for a while, and then I had um, Spider. He got called, uh, who was just really personable. Um, obviously, not. I think at that age, tactics kind of. It's not about that. It's about um, just giving it like a positive coach environment, really, where um, players can thrive and know that they're they're appreciated just because they come and train and they pay their subs and they they just enjoy being there. And I think, especially for managers at, at like volunteer level. Um, they might not be the best coaches, but the fact that they've got the passion and you can really feel that as a player, I think, um, like the, the passion from coaches. On the flip side, I've had negative experiences um, with local junior clubs um, where I might not play. And I, and I think I was about 14 at the time, 15, and I wasn't playing for my junior club and not really. I was kind of just being ignored, really. So on the flip side of a, from a positive environment, I was in definitely like a negative um, like coaching environment really where he might have been good for other players but he definitely wasn't good for me and I think it's really important for coaches to be able to whether you're in favour or not to make sure everybody feels part of it um, whether you're starting or, or you're on the bench I guess um, so yeah I've, I've had like a bit of a mixed bag really and then I think from leaving that club I went and kind of lost belief in myself a bit really and I think that was potentially from through that kind of coach really um, and went to play with my friends and and um, that's kind of when I probably shouldn't have went on to do what I've done really at, at that point. But yeah, um, yeah, a bit of a contrast. I think I think if the first point you're making there, Glenn, is is that having that positive role model, isn't it, when you're a young player? Um, 
and having the, inv- the making sure that environment as a coach that you give your players is is engaging, it's enjoyable yeah. for you to want to continue to keep thriving to become better. Yeah. And I think when you don't get that, and it has the flip effect of what you're saying, it actually becomes a, a negative, and you probably get turned off by the game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I remember so Doug was when I was really early in the game, like five, six, seven year old, and obviously had his like uh, like six week courses and things like that, where you were getting player of the course and things like that. And I remember just even just from his equipment, like he had the best balls, he, he, like his cones were uh, clean at all times. He presented well, and and it might not. I think it is a big thing actually. Like, I'm a big believer in like feeling good, looking good. You'll you'll play good or you'll coach well. I guess in this case um just people that really take care and passion in the coach and i think it's going to be the coaches that really get the players like hooked and and i just listened and hung off his every word really and i'd like to think that was where i developed from an early age really because because of him um and yeah i think yeah i think that's pretty pretty important and i suppose around about that age is uh is when we sort of um i came across you um where yeah there was an incident um when we were doing a, a lunchtime football activity at, at the school you were at the time and you actually started um going to it was very similar to well it was the kicks project um that we ran at the hearst and you would come along there with your with your friends um just because you enjoyed playing football yeah. And you enjoyed kicking the ball around. You enjoyed scoring goals back then, when you were when you were seventeen. Um, and, and I think the point I'm trying to make is, if you're enjoying the game at w- whatever yeah. activity you're playing, whether it's for a grassroots team, whether it's a kick about with your mates, I think you know that that positivity um, will come out in a player if you're creating that that right environment for to let the players play and be creative. Yeah. Um, and support them in, in in that environment. And and I suppose from that, you know, you've come on to be the the player that you've that you've been been sort of let loose and doing what you're good at basically. Yeah. Which yeah, is scoring I think, goals, Glenn. Yeah, I think it's um it's all up to the player, but there's the there's a massive emphasis. Well well actually the the main emphasis I guess is the coach environment because for me, when I was at the club that where I wasn't playing and I was getting kind of ignored and it was negative, I never really lost the passion and never really lost the, the belief in myself as such, but I just didn't have that environment to thrive in. Whereas, obviously, like you say, when I when I went to the, the school yard when I was with my friends, it was about enjoyment and you'd set up a place where I would play football and just enjoy it. And it's the same, same with the Kicks Project um, at the welfare. Uh, it was a place where you could just thrive and enjoy it and that's because you had a coach yourself the other people that obviously helped out and supported that just let you play and would support you if you needed support it wasn't just a case you weren't just there on the side on your phones ignoring us listening to me like you were fully engaged in us for the whole, whole time that we were there and obviously that's uh that's the positive environment that we've we'll spoke about and being massive for me and all just kind of be appreciative for that and then sort of linking into that, Glenn, your, your, your first senior um, football team was, was West Lockman with myself. Um, 17 or 18 at the time? 17, yeah, I remember. 
Yeah, yeah. Seventeen. Yeah. I mean, what what was that like as a young player coming into that environment um, for yourself back then, if if you can remember? Yeah, I, I remember having a chat with you, and you remember you saying, um, "Come along to training, maybe a couple of years before you kind of have any kind of impact or get a chance." Um, and obviously, it was quite soon after starting training that I got a chance, and whether that that was because of yourself and Neil. Obviously, got to give Neil a big mention. I was kind of spoiled as a 17-year-old, really, getting yourself in, in Neil Winsfield, who's uh, yourselves are probably regarded as the best coaches in the Northeast, if you like. Um, so I kind of was a, a bit spoiled, really. The, my main thing was going from junior football to senior football was just like how serious it became. Um, not from the coaching side of things, more like the, the other players who were probably like 28, 29, they'd probably played for 10 years and... It was it was really important. It probably was made the weekend whether they won a football match or not, and so I had to quickly kind of get into that kind of groove. Um, but again, I remember the coaching just kind of being going from my my under fifteen team where it wasn't great to wow, like this is blowing my mind. But I absolutely loved it because I was enthusiastic, I was passionate about, I wanted to learn, and I and I knew straight away from just. Obviously, I knew yourself, but I'd never met Neil before, really. Um, I'd kind of touched base with him in the academy when I was younger, but seeing that kind of this, the way the sessions were run, how enjoyable they were, um, how everybody was just 100% really wanted to learn. You know, like sometimes things can, I guess, can be boring in coaching where you've got to try and get your point across, but I think the best coaches can do that without it being boring. And that I really remember that being the case, like, when the session ended kind of being like ah, just i want more i want more and i think that's that's con obviously credit to yourself and, and neil really for the kind of environment you created there what was it around what was it about the sessions glenn that sort of engaged you yeah um as a young player that you know not just yourself but the whole squad will have been to work all day yeah um so that's sort of trying to think around that environment where people might be tired, um, it might be a cold winter's night, yeah. and we're trying to engage players as well as get the learning across for a fixture at the weekend yeah. to try to develop individuals, develop the team to obviously try and get a result at the weekend. Yeah, I, th I think it's a bit, a bit of a balancing act really and, a, and one that I felt like the coaches always kind of got it right at West Allotment. Um, you know, at the end of the day, in the Northern League, you, you're in there, you've got a budget, you're, you're responsible for getting results and to be able to get lads who came in from work, you've got to get your message across for what we're going to plan for the weekend. But to, to do that in a way that lads aren't stood around kind of thinking, ah, like, can we just play footy or get on with it? And it was just the, the balancing act of always kind of being fun, engaging and really feeling like the coach wanted to develop you as a player. Um, so you didn't have any other kind of reason to not listen or not give 100%. And um, like I said, you, you just wanted more, really. Um, and often coming off the training pitch, I just I was thriving and wanting more and more and more. And that maybe is not even that. I wouldn't say that's because I was a 17 year old and still hungry. There was that was the same for Stephen Locker, who was 34, 35 at the time. So not because I was a young lad, but I think that's just the the credit of the to the coaching staff, really, the the environment they created. Um, the fun that they give us in the session, the right balance of information, 
to like small sided games to even like a fun warm up with Bondi, I think it was at the time. Um, so yeah, like the the balance was unbelievable there, and I, I think I was spoiled at a young age, really. I suppose that was the start. Um, you've gone through some different coaches, managers along the way, um, into a very very successful um, team at Spenny. Um, what would you say the support that you've received along your journey? From you know, from starting with Neil myself right the way through to to Jason Tommy, because um, ultimately everyone's played a part mm -hmm. in in your development to where you are now, Glenn. Yeah, I think um, I think as you get older and as you progress as a player, like the, the, obviously the style of management or the style of coaching just changes. So for the last kind of three or four years. Jason Ainsley said it in interviews and things that he's just let me get on and do what I need to do because I obviously I I think you never stop learning, um, but he knows that I'm not the type that would just like sack sack it off and I'd always want to learn. But he knows that really like he couldn't do much for me to help me keep learning in, in that kind of case. But whereas Stuart Potonovi and Tommy Miller, who kind of had the experience of Premier League football all their careers, they just give you little nuggets that would just just kind of make you think a little bit more about your, your position um, on the pitch, whether it's kind of being alive for the second ball to like call the play to, to take the pressure off your off your, your, your back eight, if you like, um, or whether it's just pulling off a defender that split second as the pass comes, just little bits like that. Um, but Jason's kind of attitude with me was just kind of let me go and get on with it. Um, obviously, I played at Whitley Bay with um, Cuggy and Chan, who were, were centre forwards and obviously kind of learned from them a bit more physically. They helped me, I guess, develop uh, a bit more of a, like a robust centre forward, if you like. Um, I think it's just, I think all coaches and managers are different. I think I could play for loads of different managers and coaches and they'd each kind of pick up on some little thing that they want to to, to improve by, about us. Um, and and I've, I feel like, because I've, I've had a lot of clubs, it's kind of been... A good thing really for my development because I think in North Shields I had Graham Fenton, obviously a Premier League winner, so he gave us little bits of information. But the the good thing about the senior football, I've always come across really good people, really good coaches that really want to develop you. And whether that's why I've kind of always been hungry to to improve and develop is because I've had that because I've had that kind of support from my coaching staff along the way. Great stuff. Um... As a player, Glenn, um, what would you want from a coaching session after you've been to work all day um, as a young player who's still at school, a youth player? Um, what would you want from that coaching session? I think personally, straight, like for an individual player, it's just for the, the coach to be personable to you, uh, first and foremost. Um, just kind of interact with you. This is even before I'd say the session started, you know, just being a bit personal, asking how you are, how's your day been? I think that's important just as a, a level of respect, really, um, before you're going out and obviously put your, put your hard work in. From that, um, it's been more, it's kind of the perfect blend at the moment, so we'll get there, obviously have a have a bit banter on that, and then we go out and kind of do our own little boxes, little rondos ourselves, just as players, while the coach is set up, and that, like, 
gets everyone obviously buzzing about um, taking the mick out of each other if we make people get 20 passes, all that kind of thing. So that's kind of where they just let us get on with it. And that's probably because we're senior players and we can do that. Might might be different for junior players. Um, so we do that. And then, again, I think I spoke about it just before there. It's about the balance. Um, we are in a business where we need to get results, obviously, for the management. And, and they'll give us little pieces of information about the team um, that we're going to be facing on the Saturday. They'll give us um, little things to work on in that session, but try and obviously, rather than just standing still, like next to cones, it's everyone's interacting. Um, it's obviously put into like a, into sometimes a small sided game or it's put into a, a phase of play, um, which is obviously what we need. We don't want to be standing there like statues and getting total move to here, move to there. Um, so it's a balancing act and it's to make always make it fun always make an engagement with the lads because like you say you don't want to go to work all day come to a train session where it's zero degrees and you're just standing there waiting for the next piece of information it's always kind of on the move it's sharp into the next exercise or into the next drill or and then we always kind of finish with a game which <laughs> gets really heated and um but i think everyone loves playing playing a game at the end don't they? i mean whether you whether you're five or six you want to score goals and it's the same for me it's 30 i want to play a game at the end right and score and whether it's a small side of game and I think they're important small side of games because you get so many touches in a small area uh, people are constantly on you so your first touch has got to be really good um, you, it helps you turn quicker just get your shots off in small small uh, enclosed areas I think yeah I think um, I, yeah if you finish with a game at the end of your session I think you're on to a winner really with the players Practices, Glenn, or games? You might have already answered this. To be fair, I probably is there, a, is there a is there a role for both? Yeah, of course there is. There's um there's a place for both, and I want to win every game I play on a Saturday. So if if I if if me and doing a, a half an hour practice to make sure we get it right as a team before we play on a Saturday, I'd rather do that because if they if they just play the game, we get beat. We're sitting in the changing room after the game saying, well, why didn't we do a practice? Um, in pre preparation for the game, so I think you've got to do both. To be honest, uh, depending on, I suppose, depending on the style of the coach, some coaches will just want to concentrate on themselves. We do this; doesn't matter what anyone else does. But some coaches will want to look at the opposition and um, obviously put in things that we're going to stop them from doing. But I think you've got to do both, mate. There's a place for both. A little bit personal now, Glenn. Um... A lot of coaches, managers out there in football, as well as myself. Um, what do you? What is it like um, to be quoted as the best striker outside the EFL? I it's um, unbelievable, mate. To be fair, I've heard it quite a few times now, and yeah, um, I, I thrive on it, mate. I really do. I feel like I've sacrificed so much in my in my career. Football's always been my priority ahead of everything. Um, I've like. I chose to be a teacher because I knew that on a Tuesday and Thursday afternoon or Thursday night, I could play football and on a Saturday, I wouldn't be at work. Um, so I knew I would never miss football. Um, I remember actually getting a job where I had to work a Saturday and before I'd even accepted the job, I, I said I don't want to do it because I, even though I was at, at a club where I was getting maybe 20 quid a week, I just I love playing football. So I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to um, obviously miss that. I've sacrificed missing holidays, weddings, stag dues, and I feel like it's finally kind of justified why I've done all them things really. And 
to be to be given that kind of title, if you like, is I feel like I've come a long way really from the, my Northern League days, and I see players that have come the other way from pro football and down, and I get classified as being better than them, and I feel like really proud of that, and kind of a shame that I never was a professional footballer, but don't really regret any of me the, the path that I went on to be honest and um, to be described as that it's amazing really and I think that's testimony to you Glenn um, on your attitude which I've seen um, you know up close the, the way you've dedicated yourself to the game um, but I suppose without the support of the people coaches um that have guided you and helped you along, yeah, um, 15 years within within the game. Um, this combination there, I think that's the point I'm making. If it's it's, it's about it's about yourself, Glenn. Um, but you need the support and guidance and and support from the coaches to be able to become what you've become. Yeah, definitely. 100% agree. And I, that's a really good point. Um, I've I answered this question a couple of weeks ago. And I've done a talk for the, the academy lads at um, Spennymoor, all the junior kind of setups on a on a Zoom. And I did ask, I, to be fair, thank yourself. Obviously, you wouldn't have heard it, but um, I paid tribute to yourself and the support I had from yourself and Neil Winskill. Um, Gal Fell, I think, got a mention for his time when I was at Whitley Bay. Um, you can't and, and all the players I've played with along the way as well I mean it would be yeah, yeah. selfish of myself to just think I'm the main man without any support and I've done it without I mean spending more the player a system that suits me and makes me play me in the best position um, and obviously working with yourself and Neil from from the get-go was always about helping me as a player develop um, position wise strength where I should be on the pitch you can't become not not one player on the, on the planet is is um has done it all by themselves and without any support from their coach and staff like I, like I said before I, I've been really lucky with who I've worked with in senior football there's some people that massive names really I suppose in the northeast and in the country really I'm sure yourself and Neil are recognised more than just in the northeast obviously Graham Fenton um Tommy Miller Stuart Parnaby Jason Inzi they're, they're well known people. And they've they've been a massive massive help um, along the way, and I, I mean, I'm I'm really grateful to everybody that's that's helped us. To be honest, what does the future hold for Glenn Taylor? Um, it's a tough one. I, I um obviously I, when I worked at the foundation, I did my I did my level two with Northumberland FA, and I I passed with uh, Barney and Neil. I think it was at the time. And they said straight away, you're ready to for your UEFA B. Um, but I'm just not sure if... I think I like coaching, um, but I don't think I've got the passion for coaching. Like, we've got Jamie Chandler at Spennymore, who I think he's just completed his UEFA A licence, actually. Um, and the, when I talk to him about coaching, it makes us realise that I haven't got that passion for coaching like he has. Um, I, I, re I, I really like being around coaches and... I just feel like I haven't got that in us. Um, but when I speak to him, he's so passionate about it, and he's he's just constantly trying to learn about um, learn how to kind of get that extra edge as a coach. And I just I'm not sure if I've um, got that. But on the other hand, I don't, especially because of COVID. I've seen what it's like to be home on a Saturday all day, and 
and that, I feel like I need that, that environment of being around being around a dressing room, being around players. So whether that's me kind of re, refining my passion for coaching, because it was at the t- at a time, um, but when you're then not doing it and you're teaching it as a job, kind of it has a little bit of coaching element in it. Um, yeah, I think I've, I've kind of done for a bit of a job, so I, I, I'm not sure if it's, it's for me, to be honest. Glenn, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks very much for sharing your experiences uh, from a player's perspective on what um, you as the players require. Um, I would like uh, to have from a, a coach to a manager and all the best for next season, mate. Yes, thanks very much, guys. I really appreciate your time, mate. I've uh, really enjoyed it, so thanks very much.